Now broadcasting from inside Furry Heads rent free. He's gonna tell you what it's really like to be a furry, and he's not holding back. Get ready for your weekly dose from the prescriber of the hard truth on Unleashed. Here's your host, Lifty Husky. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Unleashed. I'm Lifty, and joining me on the podcast this evening is my good buddy, Tex. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Good. All right. Let's get going. (laughs) (laughs) And tonight, we're going to talk about a certain word on the internet that should not be said on the internet. Do you know what it is, Tex? Uh, is it, is it, it starts with a G, um, uh, yeah, it starts with a G. Groomers! Groomers! Groomers, that's it, that's it. We are talking about the word groomers, the new word that's causing a stir both in the internet and on the furry sphere. So I want to just get started by mentioning that this whole notion of groomers and uh, this controversy around groomers started with this bill that I have in my hand right now. This is HB 1557 from the Florida House of Representatives. Now, from all that that I just said, you probably don't know what I'm holding in my hand. But you may know it as the Don't Say Gay Bill. No. The very bill, yeah, the very bill that everybody was freaking out for like a good solid two months about. Yeah, it was around two months. Yeah. This was actually passed by the Florida House of Representatives on the 8th of March, and it was signed by Governor DeSantis on the 28th. And one aspect that uh, really just kind of got everybody's uh, panties in a wad was here in page four. And it's a very small bill. It's seven pages. Not even seven pages, like six and a half pages. Very small. Yeah. Anybody could grab this, the text of this bill from the internet, from the Florida House of Representatives website and read it themselves that they want. I'm not making up a word (laughs) of what's in this bill. You can read it yourself. I implore you to read it yourself. It's six and a half pages. Anybody can do that. And it's not in some legalese jargon that you need a lawyer to look over it and understand it and decipher it into English. No, it's all in plain English. A high schooler can read. Yeah, you can read in six and a half pages of legal stuff in plain English. But anyway, page four of this bill, HB 1557, the Florida Parental Rights Act. Is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah, Parental Rights and Education Act. There we go. Yes, it is. That's it. Bullet point Three, classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. And a lot of people got offended by that. Somehow that went from it's going to be inappropriate for kids to learn this in kindergarten through grade three, it went up to like, oh my God, kids aren't going to be allowed to say the word gay in school? (laughs) Again, you can read the bill yourself. You can print it out like I did. Read it yourself. Six and a half pages of plain English and not once in this entire bill does it ever say even the word gay. Yeah, it's not existing in here. Gay does not exist in this bill. You can read it yourself and find that out yourself. We encourage it. Yeah. It talks about sexual orientation or gender identity, which has been something that more and more educators have been showing off on social media as something that they want to teach to younger and younger students. This is why this bill has been brewing in the Florida House of Representatives, because it's been a movement, so to speak. More and more educators, especially leftist educators, have been pushing for more and more instruction on gender identity, particularly trans identities, and how little boys can sometimes love little boys, Mm -hmm. and little girls can love little girls. Okay. Granted, 
that needs to be taught to kids at some point, but it's definitely not kindergarten through third grade. Oh, heavens no. No. Let kids no. be kids. I mean, I know there are kids that in middle school, they had kind of feelings for same-sex, or they had same-sex attraction yeah. to other kids. But I can understand in middle school, yeah, that's going to happen. You're having a bunch of kids going to school, and they're having their, you know, they're having puberty. So, of course, their hormones are raging in all kinds of directions. Yeah, a little bit of confusion in there. Yeah, there's going to be some confusion. Yeah. They're going to be confused about what the hell's going on with their body. I mean, I know I was. Yeah, yeah, I was too. I was too. It's called being human. Yeah, absolutely. There's, of course, going to be a lot of sexual confusion as to what's going on with little Timmy's body when they're going into sixth grade. Oh, yeah. With girls, it's even worse because, like, Ooh. they start puberty at a much younger age, like nine. Yes, they do. And that's and that's what, like fourth Fourth grade? Uh, fifth grade. Fifth grade? Okay. Wait, no, no, you're right. It was fourth grade, fourth grade. Fourth, okay, fourth. Fourth grade, they're looking at their chest and like, what are these things that are growing on my chest? It's freaking them out. Why am I bleeding from between my legs? It's freaking them out. They have no idea what's going on with their body. So they asked And mom. it's all natural. When they enter into middle school, some kids might actually have a grasp of what's going on with their body. Some may not, but some kids may also have some kind of uh, sexual attraction to other kids. Yeah. And it's perfectly normal to see kids having uh, dates and getting sexually active, even as early as in middle school. It's perfectly normal. Yeah, and even within uh, middle school, you're going to see same-sex couples. You're going to see kids dating in the same sex, dating within the same sex. Again, that that's the point where we should probably be talking about same-sex attraction and demystifying it. But in kindergarten to third grade, give me a break. Hell no. No, keep that shit out of that. In their defense, they've always said that this was a bad bill because this basically means that they can't be taught about uh, trans kids or taught about trans adults or gay adults so that they can normalize it when they grow up. Or if they get gay feelings early on, that the teacher has to basically out them to their parents and that can actually subject them to harm. Folks, there's obvious responsibilities that an educator has Whenever one of their students is observed to be in a situation where they are being exposed to harm. Yes. When they are being exposed to harm in the home, the educator has a right to report that to law enforcement. Oh, it's an obligation. Yeah, they have an obligation. They have an obligation to figure out what the hell's going on with this kid. Why is he coming to class with bruises on his arm every day? Mm-hmm. There, there has to be an yeah, they have an obligation to figure that out and wonder why on earth is this kid coming in harmed? Who is harming this kid? Well before this bill even hit the floor of the Florida House of Representatives, that was already an obligation for any educator to figure that out. Yeah, all across the nation. But because uh, liberals and other uh, leftist idiots wanted to bitch and moan about that, saying, oh no, this bill is going to make it so that the kid is going to be outed by their parents and their parents are going to cast them out, their parents are going to beat them, blah, blah, blah. They had to put in this, uh, this subparagraph in uh, bullet point two, page four of seven. This subparagraph does not prohibit, well, actually, let me read uh, bullet point two. A school district may not adopt procedures or student support forms that prohibit school district personnel from notifying a parent about his or her student's mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being, or a change in related services or monitoring, or that encourage or have the effect of encouraging a student to withhold from a parent such information. Now, that's where a lot of the bitching came from. You know, they were bitching about, oh, no, they can't be taught about gays and trans in kindergarten. And then here's a second round of bitching right there. That if little Timmy in third grade decides to tell the teacher, you know, that he has feelings for little Johnny, 
The bill states that they have to facilitate a talk with the parents about this, not just keep it hidden. Yes, they do. But apparently, you know, there's a lot of bitching about it saying, oh, no, it's that it's that teacher's responsibility to keep it hidden from the parents. No, absolutely wrong. wrong. Yeah, absolutely wrong. And then, of course, they had to put in that subparagraph that says, this subparagraph does not prohibit a school district from adopting procedures that permit school personnel to withhold such information from a parent if a reasonably prudent person would believe that that disclosure would result in abuse, abandonment, or neglect, as those terms are defined in section 39.01. Again. Clear. Clear as day. Yes, clear as day. Folks, this is all about the well-being of the child. This, this affirms the relationship between the parent and the educator. Yes. The parents have the final say in how their children are being treated at a school. And they had to make it in very clear terms that, no, whatever you're bitching about regarding a student being outed in school because little Timmy has the hots for little Johnny and he's in third grade is completely unfounded based on prior law and now this law. Yes. But the ridiculousness did not stop from there. From there, we had so much uh, performative bitching about this law, about Florida, about Governor DeSantis, about how dare he... How dare you! How dare he have to make it so that parents know whether their kid is gay or straight? How dare he expose these kids to harm from their parents? Yeah, how dare he? How dare you? And then I'm, I'm <laughs> and then you had those clucking chickens on the Oscars, Wanda Sykes, Amy Schumer, Regina Hall, that uh, just decided they just wanted to take a moment to just scream, gay, 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 gay. It's like, the fuck was your point? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Listen, shut up for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what was the point of that nonsense? Then you had Mayor Eric Adams <sighs> decide that he wanted to uh, put up some very interesting uh, billboards promoting New York City. And the, and, and the billboards were like, come to, come to the city where you can say whatever you want. And I'm like, oh, oh, no. Oh, it's a game oh, now. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, boy. If a certain person that looked like James May, but with a Burger King crown, looked at that <laughs> uh, billboard, he would say something completely different. Oh, he would. It would definitely not be the word gay that was written all over these billboards. No. It must be a word. It would be a word that is totally different, Bruh. So, of course, Mayor Eric Adams he did not think of this ad campaign very well. It was New York City taxpayer money poured towards a bunch of billboards in Florida for some reason, and who knows what it did? Because I'm pretty certain if you're living in Florida and you go to New York City. You're going to look at all the streets, all the crime, all the nonsense that's happening under Eric Adams' administration. It's like, yeah, let's go back to Florida. <laughs> yeah, let's, get, let's, go back to, let's go back to Miami. Yeah, you're, you're not looking at New York City and thinking, hmm, this is a nice place to live. No. <laughs> Turn around, kids. We're going back to Miami. Turn around. Yeah. So, of course, a lot of bitching came about from this one bill the Parental Rights in Education Act, also known as the Don't Say Gay Bill, which, ironically enough, the bill doesn't say gay. <laughs> nowhere. But also, no, but also nowhere. nowhere in the bill, nowhere in the bill does it stop kids from saying gay. Nowhere in the bill. I challenge gay. anybody who thinks I'm wrong, I challenge anybody who thinks I'm wrong to point anywhere in this bill, and again, it's six and a half pages, I have the copy of the bill myself, too. I challenge anybody who thinks I'm wrong about this bill to point to the bill, to the problems of this bill, and give me a coherent response as to where in the bill this is dangerous for gay and trans kids. Anywhere. You know, I, I don't care. You, go ahead. Make my day. Come on. Come on. Step right on up. But that, of course, started an 
conversation about this term that we are talking about today called groomer. Groomers. <laughs> yeah, the word groomer. One person made a very good point because the bill that I just read to you is a bill that specifically targets educating kids about gay and trans identities in kindergarten through third grade. Now, it should be universal to just about anybody that you ask that, yes, it should be universal that this is kind of a very adult topic and kids are not going to be able to wrap their head around this topic at such a young age. And, you, and I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it from people. And it's like, well, there's the kids that are very adult for their age. They're very mature. They can understand these things at two years old. I don't want to hear it from you. I'm sorry, but I think you're full of shit. Oh, cool. I love stupid <laughs> bullshit like this. I think you're full of shit. These are kids that when you ask them what they want to be, they say, I want to be a dinosaur. What the fuck? <laughs> Are you really going to are you really going to make them like just dress up as a tyrannosaurus for the rest of their life? Hell no. 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 Please don't dress them up like a unicorn. Please. <laughs> well, I mean, at 2 years old they're probably thinking, "Yeah, I want to be a unicorn when I grow up." Kid, you don't want to be a unicorn when you grow up. No. Trust me. Don't. Trust us. Don't. Being a unicorn doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> when adults ask a little kid what they want to be when they grow up, what they're really asking is, what do you want to do to make money? Plain and simple. But of course, it's, what do you want to be when you grow up? And of course, a lot of kids say a lot of random shit. Because they're kids. They, they say everything. They say everything from, I want to be a policeman, or I want to be a fireman, or I want to be a farmer, or I want to be an astronaut, to, I want to be a princess, or I want to be a cowboy, or I want to be the king of England or something. It, I want to be a comedian. You know, it's kids. At that stage in life, they are absorbing everything. They're learning motor skills. They're grabbing whatever they can from the environment around them, the world around them. They are absorbing everything. If you don't think that kids can pick up on everything that they're told and everything that they are seeing and hearing, I've got news for you. No, they they absolutely can't. And that's why these educators are pushing so damn hard for gay and trans education in kindergarten through third grade because at this stage they are a sponge this is the time where kids are basically just absorbing everything and once they absorb it they don't let it leave it just sticks with them and this is also a very bad time to introduce bad habits but that's another topic yeah that's another topic for not saying that not saying that being gay or being trans is a bad habit but (laughs) (laughs) kindergarten through third grade they pick up bad habits and they never leave not saying that i've got kids but you know just saying yeah yeah but anyway that this bill it just kicked off an entire discussion on that word groomer the educators that are saying that it's wrong to withhold kids in kindergarten through third grade from gay and trans education are suspected of being groomers. Uh, totally. I got my eyes on you educators that do that. Anyway, it shouldn't be something that we argue with about whether or not it's appropriate to teach kindergartners about gender and whether or not a kid is in the right gender or not. It's not a topic that they can actually have a coherent conversation about right. in their head. It's not, it's not a concept that they can coherently figure out at such a young age. And I know people want to just bullshit with me and say, well, there, there are kids that can, that can discover their gender identity at two years old, blah, blah, blah. There's this study from some blah, blah, blah that says it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it from you people. Just because you have this one kid that can point out their gender doesn't mean that all kids can do the same thing. They can't. But then, of course, you've got the groomers who actually do want to push this into this moment where the kids are just basically a sponge. 
And this, of course, started making a mess of the LGBT group, because while there were some people who have basically pointed to the LGBT community and just said, groomer, 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 uh, let me tell you, there has been a group of gays who are totally against that and feel that they that we need to take back the LGBT community from this monstrosity. And I want to talk about that group right now. It's called Gays Against Groomers. They launched in June, in time for Pride Month, and they have a simple mission. Gays Against Groomers is a coalition of gay people. Let me repeat that. Gays Against Groomers is a coalition of gay people who opposed the recent trend of indoctrinating and sexualizing children under the guise of LGBTQIA+. Our community that once preached love and acceptance of others has been hijacked by radical activists who are now pushing extreme concepts onto society, specifically targeting children in recent years. The overwhelming majority of gay people are against what the community has transformed into, and we do not accept the political movement pushing their agenda in our name. Gays Against Groomers directly opposes the sexualization of children. This includes drag queen story hours, drag shows involving children, the transitioning and medicalization of minors, and gender theory being taught in the classroom. The activists, backed by school boards, government, woke media, and corporations, have been speaking on our behalf for too long. When fighting for equality, our goal was to successfully integrate ourselves into society, but now these radicals aim to restructure it entirely in order to accommodate a fringe minority, as well as to seek in to indoctrinate children their ideology. We're saying no. There are millions of gays within the community that want nothing to do with the alphabet religion and join the fight with parents and concerned people everywhere to protect children. We also aim to return sanity and reclaim the community we once called our own. The gay community is not a monolith. Those pushing this agenda do not represent or speak for us all, nor do we want to be associated with them in any way. What we are witnessing is mass-scale child abuse and being perpetrated on an entire generation, and we will no longer sit by and watch it happen. It is going to take those of us from within the community to mm -hmm. finally put an end to this insanity. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Here, here. You would be surprised how many people get offended within the furry community. You have no idea how many people get offended by this group existing. And boy, do they get offended. Yeah. It's amazing. So Gays Against Groomers, they've been on Twitter for, since uh, June. They've gained over 90,000 followers and they have been banned by Twitter four times. And each time they came back stronger and stronger than ever. Because Twitter is just kind of losing it over this uh, group. Yeah, the woke mom. And I, and let me repeat it. Let me repeat. It's, it's a group of gay people who do not want these woke educators, these woke radicals, to infiltrate the schools and to infiltrate their agenda into kids in kindergarten and through third grade or wherever where it's not appropriate and just kind of normalize this sexualization of minors, pedophilia, the trans ideology into younger and younger people. No, 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 no. Not happening. They, they're, they're, trying, they're, they're trying to make a stand here and now to say no, and Twitter is absolutely losing it. Meanwhile, Gays Against Groomers, they get more and more media attention. They just were on Tucker Carlson. They're, they, they were just on Newsmax. They just keep getting more and more media attention. And more people are paying attention to who they are. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we agree with this. Yeah. Who doesn't? And that's the question. Who doesn't agree with this? <laughs> Ooh, it starts with T. It starts with Twitter. Yeah. So I just want to ask, because a lot of the furry community has decided to take up arms against the word groomer, it's brought up some very hilarious results. <laughs> so, so it started out with Reddit saying they're going to ban this word, the word groomer, because they believe it's a slur against the LGBT community. And so they banned it. And then the same activists have decided to call on Twitter to ban the word too, and Twitter complied. Twitter banned the word groomer. 
So mm-hmm. now if you go to Gays Against Groomers' uh, Twitter account, against G-R-M-R-S, you'll notice that it's not groomers as in, uh, you know, with the double O, it's G-R-E-W-M-E-R-S. Because they had to change their name so many times. Every time they got banned, they had to change their name. It started out with Gays Against Groomers, then they changed the two O's with eyeballs, then they changed it to Gays Against Broomers, and then and now it's Gays Against Groomers. I thought the Broomers was I thought it was, too. It's like, who's who's against this? Who's against this? Who's against Broomers? Which yeah. is... And I got to tell you, <laughs> it did not take long for the internet community to comply with the changes on Reddit and Twitter, and to come up with a completely different word that actually was offensive. So, you know, when uh, Reddit decided they're going to strike the ban hammer on anybody that uses the word groomer, you know what the uh, the community fought back with? Ooh. No, what did they? They instead created a new word. Okay, Predator. Okay, Predator. <laughs> I can't say groomer. Okay, Predator. Right. Or they just went to the tried and two method. Okay, pedo. It completely backfired. (laughs) It absolutely completely backfired in the most hilarious way possible. They said, okay, you can't use the word groomer against a protected class. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, predator. Predator. (laughs) Or they just went to the tried and true. Okay, pedo. That's fine with me, pedo. (laughs) Pedos. Pedos everywhere. And the same thing happened on Twitter. Twitter said, oh, you can't say groomer anymore. Okay, pedo. Yep, we're just going to call it what it is, pedo. Uh, And of course, Gays Against Groomers continued on with their mission and stayed strong. They're still on Twitter. Despite being banned four times, they're still on Twitter. They keep getting stronger every time. And they have been advocating and bringing up a lot of real-life examples of grooming. Grooming within the LGBT community, they've been bringing up some very tragic tales from detransitioners. It's a very tragic tale. Uh, They've been conditioned to believe that they need to transition. And so they go to their doctor. They say they have gender dysphoria. They talk to their doctor and they get uh, hormones for, for their chosen gender the gender that they want. They take hormones for months, for years. They finally get that uh, quote-unquote golden letter saying that they have been approved for top surgery or bottom surgery. Gender-affirming surgery is what it's called now. And then that's where the high from the gender euphoria just kind of stops. The honeymoon after they get the gender-affirming surgery just goes way too fast. And then all of a sudden, they start noticing all the problems that they were never told about when it comes to transitioning. This is where shit hits the fan. Yes, absolutely. Uh, They have to go back to their surgeon for revision surgeries. They have to dilate constantly for like the first six months of bottom surgery. Post-surgery, they have to dilate for like the first six months and then they can do it like once a week afterwards. But, you know, they have to dilate every so often. Otherwise, it just starts to heal up. They complain about loss of libido, loss of sensation down there, all kinds of problems. Here's a tweet that the Gays Against Groomers, they just tweeted. How to accept that mistakes were made. And this is tagged cry for help. How can I learn to accept that I can't go back in time and undo my transition? How can I accept the fact that I made a mistake when I was 14? How can I stop being angry at the so-called professionals that allowed me to go on hormones and have top surgery this young? I have way too many emotions in me and I can't deal with them anymore. Every time I see an item that I have used or seen before my transition or at least before my top surgery, I get depressed. I remember those times and I grieve what I lost. I can't go to places I have been before transition without feeling pain. My remorse is tremendous. I can't deal with it. I can't imagine that I will ever be happy again. Any positive stories of the trans people in the sub who are able to be happy again? I don't want to always have to explain myself to people. I just want to live my life as a normal girl. 
I'm 17. I can't go to school as I'm mentally not able to. I miss my old voice and my old body. I see girls my age and I can't put in words how extremely jealous I am that they can just be happy in their body. Why did I have to do this mistake? I need hope. I need to hear success stories. Any D-trans people here that can give me hope that one day I can be happy again. Oh. Gosh, that is so sad. Yeah, 17 years old, detransitioning, transitioned at 14 and had a double mastectomy. She's only a child, folks. At 14, what are you thinking about at 14? It's certainly not that you might be in the wrong gender. Oh. It's, it's quite sad. It is. I'm not touching my soundboard right now because, you know, this is serious stuff. Yeah, th- there's nothing funny granted, about this. Granted, not every transition turns out like this. Not every trans person is feeling regret for their transition. But there are some that are. And more often than not, their voice is becoming silenced because they feel like they are discouraging other trans people from transition. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I'm like, there's no reason why she should have been transitioning at 14. But again, the same people that are mass reporting the Gays Against Groomers account on Twitter are the same people that are telling uh, this person probably... That, oh no, you're just lying to yourself. You are happy as a trans person. You can't go back to your no, life. You should be happy this way. Yeah. It'll get better. Uh, how can I accept the fact that I made a mistake when I was 14? How can I stop being angry at the so-called professionals that allowed me to go on hormones and have top surgery this young? Tex, I mentioned to you that Libs of TikTok. Yes. You- which I follow. You know, we, we follow the account on the Unleash podcast account. Yeah, we do. Lives of TikTok, they had an exclusive scoop where they called the Children's Hospital DC. Yes. And they affirmed, the Children's Hospital affirmed that, yes, they do gender-affirming hysterectomies at 16, folks. 16! 16, yes. They affirmed that. I don't know what you're thinking at 16, but it's certainly not looking at your hoo-ha and thinking, oh, that shouldn't be there. No. 16, I was thinking about driving my first car. Yeah. And for a lot of kids, you know, when they're 16, they're thinking about college. They're thinking about boys. They're thinking about shopping, hanging out with friends. This is kind of some heavy stuff to bear down on kids and encourage them to do when they're going to eventually look at this and say, why did I do this? Why was I talked into it? It's because they're not being told the whole story. They're not being told about the dangers and the risks associated with transitioning. Yeah. Apparently there aren't any, according to them. Yeah, according, according to, to the wokists. But because this is a furry podcast, of course, we got to focus on furries. And I do have this one story that I do want to talk about, an actual groomer within the furry fandom, and you may have heard their name before. Their name is Catherine Gibes. And Catherine Gibes is a person who successfully transitioned into a woman back in 2020. Actually, they started their transition like about a couple years prior to that. Yeah. But they got the bottom surgery, and now they're living their life as a trans woman. But Catherine Gibes is a well-known name in the trans community particularly for this tweet that they tweeted back in 2017. If you're under the assumption that you're a cis guy but have always dreamed of being a girl and the only reason you haven't been transitioned is because you're afraid you'll be an ugly girl, that's dysphoria. You're literally a trans girl already, hon. So where do I begin with this groomer? You just start. I guess we just have to start with this tweet because there's a lot of people in Twitter who cite this tweet as the start of their transition. They credit Catherine Gibbs as pushing them to transition and finally just jump into the transition pool thanks to that tweet. And uh, one person in particular is the author of Real Life Comics that you may or may not have heard. It's a very big web comic. It's still around today. But the uh, author of Real Life Comics, who at one point went by Greg Dean, now is uh, known as May Dean, published a comic called Epiphany back in July 18th, 2020, 
that quoted that very same tweet from Catherine Gibbs. And in this uh, 15-part webcomic series, they have a struggle with themselves as to, you know, whether or not they should transition and go further further into their mm-hmm. transition. And people, of course, saw this as this is their coming out moment. They've been thinking about transitioning and wondering about, you know, whether they should transition or not. And they finally decided they're going to do it. Gonna they're going to transition. And all the trans people, they're just... So happy, so jubilant, so excited. Yeah, cheering them on. And- it's like, oh my goodness, another, another trans sister. Thank you. Welcome. Your life is going to be so much better. You're so happy. Well, here's the part that every story leaves out. The truth. I mentioned that uh, May Dean transitioned from Greg Dean into May. What uh, a lot of people don't tell you is that uh, Greg, now known as May, was a husband with a wife yeah. of 13 years and a daughter. Yeah, this is this is where it gets heavy. <sighs> Some heavy shit, people. Yeah. I mean, what do you do when your partner of 13 years decides they're not a, a, a man anymore? Years. They want to be a woman. Yeah, 13 years. And in that time, you think that... Let me Let me just compartmentalize what's going on here because a lot of people are going to rudely push this aside and think, oh, this means nothing. In 13 years, you build a rapport with your partner, especially your spouse, that is unmatched with anybody else in your entire group of people that you meet with on a daily basis. 13 years, folks. And the wife of this uh, couple was understandably shocked when the person she knew for 13 years as her husband decides he's no longer a husband, he's no longer a man. He's a she now. Yes. And again, Catherine Gibbs is uh, the inspiration to take this plunge into actually transition. Unfortunately, this kind of goes into a deep and dark spiral. Thanks to the announcement... The wife actually went for five days into a mental hospital. Yeah. And there is uh, no word of what happened to the daughter. But I'm I'm pretty certain that this is a broken home now. It's very broken. Yeah. Because there's, in very, very, very rare circumstances, does one partner decide to transition and the marriage still stays strong. Very, very, very rare circumstances. It's just earth-shattering for that other partner. Because, again, for 13 years, she had no idea that, you know, her partner wanted to be a woman. Yeah. Within the span of three weeks, she starts to get clues based on her behavior. And all of a sudden, comes out and it's like, oh, I'm trans. It's like, oh. You, You can see the mind just squirming. Yeah. But Catherine... Catherine does not, despite uh, her minor role in this, Catherine does not acknowledge the home wrecking that she did. And it gets worse. So uh, Catherine has also gone after uh, young people who have either contemplated changing their gender or just contemplated, just, you know, fantasized about the other gender for a little while. This conversation between Catherine and Mode View on uh, Twitter, it definitely seems like Catherine is trying to goad Mode View into transitioning uh-huh. at every turn. March 25th, 2021. Mode View says, That's because of your powerfully gay aura. Gay things happen around you because you bend the universe towards them. I mean, I'm like 88% sure you transed me at this point. And Catherine Gives is like, Yeah, I know. This is a grooming behavior. Whether you like it or not, this is a grooming behavior. Catherine Gibbs is a groomer through and through because Catherine Gibbs looks at people and analyzes people very carefully to see if they are imagining or fantasizing about being the other gender and then just swoops in and just constantly, constantly, constantly just has her and her followers goad people into transitioning. Now, Modeview, unfortunately, said in multiple tweets that 
transitioning is not really for them. They they said that it you know it feels fake for them. Mm-hmm. And okay, that would be a signal to say okay, you know if it's if it feels fake for you, then maybe it's not for you. Maybe you're just not trans. Yeah. Maybe I called it wrong, and you're not trans. Not to Catherine. Catherine would definitely look at mode view in some of these tweets and just say that, oh, you're just lying to yourself. Why is doing wrong things and being trans a dichotomy in your mind? We're trying to help you. Yeah. You cannot co-op being trans. It's impossible. Why would you argue with trans people about this? Who would know? You or us. Transitioning will help. I have been noticing a certain behavior within the furry community Mm -hmm. called egg cracking. And a lot of people uh, look at egg cracking as a source of pride, especially among trans rights activists. That just covers everybody, trans people included. Yes. Anybody that does this shit. So I've noticed that a lot of egg cracking, or what egg cracking is, is basically when someone analyzes somebody's behavior or thoughts or what they say in chats and thinks of any fantasy or anything that might be construed as an a thought of being the other gender as gender dysphoria. Okay. All right. Listen. And then when they find that person that's thinking about, you know, gender dysphoria or thinking about changing their gender for just a, you know, it's just a fantasy. It's just a phase. They swoop in and they relentlessly try to convince them that they're trans. They relentlessly convince them, convince them, convince them that they're trans. And what happens is that when they finally decide, okay, I am trans, here's my pronouns. That means that their trans egg has hatched and they are out. It means they flew in the coop. Yeah, they have cracked their trans egg, they have hatched out of their trans egg, and they have flown the coop. Fly out. Yeah, Catherine Gibbs is actually pretty good about that. And if you regret being trans in, in, uh, in any way, you're told off by, by Catherine. It's like, oh, no, 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 you're, you're, you're making us look bad. We don't need to be the model trans citizen. You need to actually enjoy your life as a trans person because you're making us look bad. Blaze Casual tweeted, I'd be lying if I said I don't feel conflicted about how vaginoplasty has changed how I feel about my place in the trans community. I feel isolated all over again. Mm-hmm. Almost nobody talks about post-op trans people or issues. Sometimes I honestly wish I can't even say it. And then, of course, Catherine snaps back. It's not fair of anyone to expect us, all us post-op trans women to be modeled trans. I think a lot of assumptions about vaginoplasties need to be corrected in this community. It's a complicated thing that isn't an end, but a beginning of a weird new chapter not everyone's ready for. For myself, I'm mostly happy, but if this dehiscence doesn't clear up soon, I'm going to be pretty pissed. Otherwise, it'll heal eventually, but I feel rather lied to being told I would be, hell, being told I am fully healed at 12 weeks. What? What the fuck? Bruh. What? What a 180. Wow. What a fucking 180 in two tweets. Back to back. (laughs) You feel rather lied to? Join the club, sister. Yeah. Completely lied to. There's a lot of people that have felt lied to about their vaginoplasties too, including Blaze Casual. And you're just plugging your ears at their cries for help. You know, Mode View felt like believing that they're the opposite gender was fake. And you said, no, 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 you're lying to yourself. Who's doing more lying right now? Your surgeon or you? I'm going to go with you. Again, this is all egg-cracking behavior, and it's despicable. It is. Downright disgusting. And nobody talks about the pitfalls of doing bottom surgery, doing top surgery, and how there may be complications that are happening all throughout your life. Yeah. Because this is convincing kids that they need to remove otherwise healthy tissue, otherwise healthy organs in favor of something that's constructed that will never actually gain the sensation of what they threw out. Folks, I'm going to make it very clear, and I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. There is no way to repair your penis or vagina or your genitals. Once they are gone, 
There's no going back. They're gone for good. What you need is a time machine. After you remove those, you need a time machine to get them back to how they were. A lot of people don't say that. In the furry fandom, we focus on telling people who have this phase or this passing feeling that may be interpreted as transness into, oh, you need to transition. And I think that's kind of rough. That's grooming in a way. It is. And for anybody who thinks that the word groomer is a slur against the LGBT community, let me tell you, I don't care about the word groomer. It doesn't affect me in the slightest. It is not a slur against the gay community. It is a slur against groomers, against people who want to take children and sexualize them and medicate them into changing their gender and doing all kinds of other crap with them. If this applies to you, then I can see why it bothers you. But if it doesn't, then it has nothing to do with you. The word has nothing to do with you. And there's no reason why you should be up in arms over anybody who uses that term to call out the actual groomers who are actually grooming people into doing all kinds of things. Whether it's educating kids in K through 3 to accept that their genitals may be incorrect, or whether it's in your chats trying to persuade somebody to have a vaginoplasty instead or a phalloplasty, this is dangerous behavior. It is. And it was difficult. It's honestly difficult to do this episode because I know for a fact if anything gets us canceled, it's probably this episode. But I feel like there's a lot here that needs to be said and needs to be talked about in a neutral way. And we need to steer clear of people like Catherine Gibes. Yes. Who has such a huge platform on Twitter. I'm, I'm just shocked. I'm just shocked. I'm flabbergasted. I'm just shocked that somebody of such a obnoxious behavior has such a huge platform among trans people on Twitter. Now, granted, if you're an adult, if you're over the age of 18 and you say you want to you want to do this to your body, you want to you want to have a vaginoplasty, you want to have a phalloplasty, you want to be on HRT, you do you. Okay? You do you. Yeah, you do you. You're an adult. You live with your life. You live with whatever happens from there on out. This is your life now. It's not up to me to decide what you do with your life. But we're talking about kids here. That girl whose uh, Reddit post I read earlier, she shouldn't have been talked to transition at 14. No. No way in Because at 14, there's no way that she could have actually processed that decision to do that. And at 17, she is severely regretting her decision again because people who should have known better should have told her this is not for you and they didn't they egged it on yeah and we're seeing it more and more and we need to talk about this we need to talk about this in a neutral way instead of stabbing each other anytime we say even the slightest thing that this might be risky like i said the conversation about trans or transitioning and how we should be accepting of lgbt curriculums in schools how we should be accepting of drag queen story hour how how we should be accepting of puberty blockers we didn't even talk about puberty blockers oh boy let's talk about that for a minute shall we yeah yeah we got some time on the clock. yeah yeah lupron yeah, have you ever seen what Lupron is? Yes, I have. Lupron is a puberty blocker that is used to castrate sex offenders. Mm-hmm. No shit. Yeah. I'm not trying to scare you. That is what Lupron does. Yeah, I'm not sugarcoating it. And we're giving this kids. Kids. To aid them in transition. Yeah. Kids have no idea what they're swallowing until much later when they actually look at Wikipedia and figure out, oh, I was given that drug as a kid. There's no going back. There's no going back at that point. And I say this, no responsible parent should ever deny their child the right to reproduce. And yet we're seeing it everywhere under the guise of progressivism and acceptance and inclusion, all kinds of colorful language. We're, we're destroying ourselves. This community, the, you know, the LGBT community that has fought so hard for 50, 60 years, whom we have heroes like Harvey Milk, Harvey Milk, who fought for the right of gay people to live in peace and not be considered groomers by people like Anita Bryant. You know, he he fought valiantly to fight this misconception that gay people are going after children, like Anita Bryant was saying. He risked his entire life and he died to fight that misconception. 
And now here we are in 2022, and we're actually fulfilling Anita Bryant's disastrous thoughts on the gay community. Like, we're, we're playing right into what Anita Bryant was saying about us. I mean, it's a, it's disgusting. Yeah, Harvey Milk is just rolling in his grave all the way halfway to China by now. This is why I'm shocked that people in the furry community think that the word groomer is a slur. No, no, I don't think groomer is a slur. I'm here to use it in the way that it was intended to call out the groomers within the LGBT community and clean the LGBT community up. Not to place blame on the LGBT community, but to point out the bad actors that have tried to worm their way into this umbrella and tell them to get the fuck out. That's it. Yeah, they need to go. I'm not trying to be homophobic or transphobic from this. No. If, you, if that's your takeaway from this, then you need to listen to it again. And again and again and again until you actually understand that this is not a transphobic or a homophobic episode. Yeah, until you reaffirm it into your head that this is not transphobic or homophobic. If you're an adult, you do what you want with your life. You do whatever you want with your body. It's not my business. But with kids, don't, don't go, go after, after kids. kids. Yes, exactly. Anyway, this has been Unleashed. Thank you again for listening. If you like what you hear, please feel free to like us on Twitter, twitter.com slash liftyunleashed. And also subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. And thank you again for listening. We will see you next week. Good night. Good night, y'all. Follow us online on Twitter, twitter.com slash liftyunleashed. Don't forget to subscribe for the latest episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Unleashed is brought to you by executive producer Brandon Squire, hosts Lifty Husky and Texiote. Produced at the FJB Studios, Seagirt, Maryland. Opinions expressed on this podcast are the respective views of the hosts and guests only. Unleashed! Unleashed.